The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What a world! Welcome to another episode of the Ocho, presented in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, for BTB. And for my dear, your humble host on the Ocho, it is Thursday, the third day, October 26th, 2023. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you are excited to have the Dallas Cowboys back in our lives. Look, Cowboys were on by last week. Some other sports happened. We don't have to talk about them. Um, in all seriousness, I've, uh, I've done my best in all of my appearances this week to congratulate those of you who root for the Texas Rangers because I understand there's obviously a lot of people who are DFW through and through. Uh, the Cowboys do have a massive fan base, so you know people end up rooting for all sorts of combinations of teams. Uh, whoever your NBA team is, um, I wish you the best of luck this season, but go Spurs, go. Uh, but nevertheless, um, I'm a Houston Astros fan, so the last week and a half were very awkward for me. Um, and like I said, I've tried to congratulate you all every time I've been behind a microphone this week, and I will do so again because I am a firm believer in when your team wins, you should get to talk whatever you want. Those are the rules, all right? When, when you win at all, it is awesome, and you should get to tell anybody you want to that you want it all. Now, I recognize um, that neither the Rangers nor D-backs have won it all quite yet, but you get my point, I think. Um, I certainly did my best to live up uh, to this creed last year after the Astros did win the World Series, and my hope is that we all get to do it someday in the near future um, with the Dallas Cowboys hopefully winning a Super Bowl. But I understand that's a joke in and of itself. Congratulations to you Rangers fans. That being said, go D-backs. Anyway, uh, the Cowboys are back off the bye week. The LA Rams up next for them. Um, This is a a sneaky game for the Cowboys. We've been kind of talking about that for a while. They are favored um, heavily so. Not maybe not heavily. It depends how you define that word. But um, they are comfortably favored to beat the Rams. And I've been talking so much about how this next four-game stretch of them is so important. Um, because I think when you look at the season as a whole for Dallas, it's not their you know most difficult four-week stretch. But because it's not, they have to make sure that they stack up wins throughout it. The Cowboys get the Rams on Sunday. They travel to Philadelphia next week. That game's obviously going to be big. Uh, we'll have a, 
you know, we'll have some fun NFC East mixtape stuff available for you. We are working on a live show, as mentioned um, on this week's episode. Um, but um, after the Eagles game, the Cowboys come home to host the Giants, and they go to Carolina to visit the Panthers, the currently winless Panthers. By the way, I think that's I think that trend's going to continue. I might lock up the Texans this week on the SB Nation NFL show. We'll see. But anyway, um, those four games, if Dallas, I've been saying it all along, if they can get to 7-3 and three on Thanksgiving Day, they've got the Commanders on Thanksgiving, and then they have the Seahawks seven days later on Thursday Night Football. I feel comfortable with Dallas against Washington in Washington, as in Seattle, Washington. I know. Um, and so if they're 9-3, and three, call it 8-4, and four, I think that they're all right, but I – Look, I'm not saying that the Cowboys have a strong likelihood of winding up as the top seed in the NFC. Um, I think that that's, you know, look, the Niners look more mortal than ever. Um, the Eagles remain a problem. And so the the first kind of focus for Dallas has to be the division, which is why next week is so consequential, given that it is a game in Philadelphia against the Eagles. But it is after that Thursday night football game against the Seahawks. That is, I believe, on the final day of November. Um, so December football for the Cowboys. Let me just make sure. I'm, I'm very certain, but uh, that Seahawks game is, in fact, on November 30th. So starting week 14, that is the most difficult four-week stretch of the season for the Cowboys. They host the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. That's December 10th. Um, they get the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins on the road back-to-back weeks. That's December 17th and then Christmas Eve, um, just for your holiday planning purposes. And then they get the Lions at home six days later. That is a Saturday game on not New Year's Eve, but New Year's Eve, Eve, uh, December the 30th. They get the Lions. That's a Saturday night, Monday night football broadcast, um, I think. I think it'll be uh, Joe Troy and Lisa Salters. But, by the way, the Cowboys this week have the number one Fox broadcast crew. Um, it is the sixth time in seven games this season, that Dallas has been a, a network's number one program. Uh, week one, they were on Sunday Night Football. That's obviously NBC's you know, only crew uh, on a weekly basis. Then they were on CBS's number one, or had CBS's number one crew uh, against the Jets. Uh, they had this same crew, this Fox crew, uh, Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, Aaron Andrews, Tom Rinaldi in week four against the Patriots. Week five, they were on Sunday Night Football again. And then week six, they were uh, with the aforementioned Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and Lisa Salters on ESPN's Monday Night Football. And so a lot of people have been seeing the Cowboys, which leads to all the takes and all the discussion. Um, and happens again this week against the Rams. This is big. You get this win, you're 5-2, and two, you're separating a little bit more and more from 500, and you go into Philadelphia with a chance for first place. That's right. If the Cowboys win their next two games, regardless of what Philadelphia does this week against the Commanders, if Dallas walks out of the city of brotherly love, brotherly shove, tush push, whatever, if they leave Philadelphia 6-2, and two, they are in first place in the NFC East with a home game against the New York Giants and something that is important about that, all right? Say that this happens, all right? I don't mean to just like paint this super optimistic picture for you, but if Dallas comes home from that Philly game next Sunday, that is November 5th, um, the 5th of November, back to the future, November 5th, 1955. Anyway, um, if Dallas comes home from that 6-2, and two, they then get the Giants on November 12th. Dallas can get to 7-2, and two, and what's more, arguably more important than, than just being 7-2 and two, is the Cowboys would be 3-0 and in the division after that Giants game. The Cowboys are done with the Giants at Week 10, and they could be 3-0 and with a road win Philadelphia already in hand. So a lot can happen. I mean, that's, you know, a few weeks from now, and, and it, it, it is exciting to consider something like that, and it's not impractical or impossible, right? I know kind of talking those things out loud, I'm sure you, like me, are like, that, that sounds totally believable. I can totally see that happening, but it all has to start this week against the Rams. The Cowboys cannot overlook this game because this Rams team is pretty solid. I mean, this Rams offense is very solid, and Matthew Stafford's playing at high level. Obviously, Cooper Cup, everybody knows about Puka Nakua by this point. 
The Rams deserve our attention. And in order to get a proper assessment of the Rams, uh, we brought in the very best in the business. Blaine Greasack covers the Rams uh, for SB Nation's Turf Show Times, our Los Angeles Rams website. Blaine and I recorded on Tuesday, just heads up. Um, that's the way scheduling worked out this week. Uh, it was an awesome conversation, a really great kind of 101 on who the Rams are. If you'd like, you can watch Blaine and I's conversation on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Later on this week, you can also watch uh, the latest Madden simulation that we'll have for Sunday's Cowboys-Rams game. So let's go ahead and get to it. Our conversation, Blaine Greasek from Tersho Times joins us, joins us next right here on the Ocho. Very pleased now to be joined by the one, the only, the legendary, the internationally famous. They know him on the space station is what I've been told. Uh, from the Turf Show Times universe, it is Blaine Greasek. Uh, Blaine, I was very nervous to try your last name for the first time in a recorded landscape. Um, did, I, did I land the plane? You landed it. It's perfect, yes. Thanks Are for you having certain? me. You can be you can be honest if I was only like 85% accurate. I mean, oh, people... it was per- perfect 100%, A+. Plus. Okay. Um, so uh, Kenny Arthur set this conversation up. Uh, my good friend... Um, and you're a good friend, obviously, because I said, Kenny, I want to talk about the Rams. He said, well, let me put you in touch with Blaine. The Dallas Cowboys are hosting the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday afternoon. Can you first dispel, because Kenny's not a good example of this, um, the notion that there are no fans of the Los Angeles Rams? Um, yeah, I, I would definitely say it's a, it's a growing fan base. It's, it's been kind of tough the, the first uh, seven weeks of the season. Our, our first couple home games have been against, you got the 49ers, that's a fan base that travels extremely well. You have the Steelers, that's obviously a fan base that travels extremely well. Um, so yeah, it's been kind of kind of a, kind of t- a tough go there at SoFi Stadium for the first seven weeks of the season. But um, it's, it's a fan base that's slowly growing. Um, unfortunately, uh, the, you know, the, the Super Bowl appearances help, but um yeah, it's been the last two, year and a half or so, not not as not as positive, obviously. Well, you know, I think that Dallas Cowboys fans would still trade lives with you, um, to be honest, because uh, multiple Super Bowl appearances, multiple Super Bowl wins, um, as uh, as a team based in different cities since the Dallas Cowboys last even appeared in an NFC Championship game, just for perspective um, on the drought that Dallas is facing. But um, obviously, everybody hopes that changes this season. And when you know when you started that answer, I thought you were gonna, you know, you said kind of tough times for the Rams. Look. I think a lot of people thought the Rams were going to be really bad this season. Obviously, there was like a thousand rookies on the team at the beginning of training camp. Um, it feels like it's been a plucky story. Uh, you know, certainly not the the Rams of the, the last, whatever, five, six years, but uh, a team delivering well over expectations, I would say, on a national level, at least. Um, yeah, for sure on a national level. They, they, like you said, they came in the season with not really high expectations from the national media perspective. I never really fully bought into the, this, this this idea that they were tanking necessarily. I think a lot of people really un- undersold uh, Sean McVay and his ability as a head coach. Um, he came in. Uh, there, there were the rumors, obviously, of him possibly stepping away, possibly retiring, going to the, going to the broadcast media. But uh, he came back re-energized and ready to teach a young team. And um, yeah, this team isn't ready to really, I, I think, compete with the upper echelon teams in the league. But um, as kind of we saw against the 49ers and the Eagles, this is a team they're going to give you everything they have um, and be be a little feisty. And if and it may not be enough to get the job done, but they're going to they're gonna make you work for it. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of fun, fun young pieces on the team. You have Puka Nakua, Steve Avila, uh, Byron Young on defense. Um, they're, they're definitely uh, trying to find a young core that they can kind of start building around as we head into 2024 and 2025 when maybe you look to make one final uh, championship push with Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford. Steve Avila was a name that a lot of Cowboys fans loved in the draft process. Um, Dallas 
had for a while a, a bit of a hole at left guard. Tyler Smith has kind of answered that call, thankfully. Um, but a lot of people, you know, kind of saw a world where he could have been the answer. You mentioned Puka Nakua. That's kind of like the story, it feels like. I mean, that he's he's the low-hanging fruit. Like, everybody's kind of talked about Stafford and Cup and Donald a billion different times. And Puka is this fun, electrifying, you know, new personality, new name. And it just feels like, you know... There are a lot of things like this that that fizzle and fade, um, you know, cute little stories like that. But Puka has some staying power. Like, this is a real thing at this point. It's it's more than just, oh, the first month of the season, we all had a good time. Puka Nakua is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah, he's been absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, came in, came into training camp, and he just he picked up things really quickly. And uh, the coaching staff and other players on the team raved about him all summer. Um I, 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 I kind of had some had some skepticism kind of going into the year because as far as like how much he'd be involved in the offense, but yeah, he's came in, come in right away and and contributed. He's breaking rookie records. It seems like every single week. Um, last year they they signed Allen Robinson to a to a big money contract, and that just it didn't really work after after um, trading away Robert Woods to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, so they were really missing that number two wide receiver role outside of outside the cup. And uh, Puka Nakua came right in and has done uh, some of uh, some of the things Robert Woods would do, especially in the run game. He's been absolutely incredible in as, as, in, um, in the run game as a blocker. Allows him to kind of stay in that eleven personnel and, and not have to not have to take 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 a wide receiver off to put a tight end on just just for just for running situations. So he's been very effective as a blocker. Um, and yeah, like I said, doing, doing some of the Robert Woods things that uh that the rams kind of missed missed the last um last year or so and uh they're, they're doing some fun things just strictly to, uh, in a puka nakua role as well he's kind of doing his own, his own unique things but um yeah he's, he's stepped up and he's yeah uh the, the rams need somebody outside of cooper cup cup in this offense to really really step up and, and he's done that it feels like i mean kyron williams obviously on injured reserve right now but like that's you know I don't know, rewind the clock six months. Nobody, you know, certainly to kind of go back to the national thing, nationally knew those names and, and nobody saw that they would be uh, such heavy lifters for the Rams for the first six weeks of the season or whatever it was. Um, and obviously, you know, Kyron's been a fun story. We'll see what happens when he gets back and I miss this game, certainly. But the Rams offense is definitely what concerns me. But the Cowboys defense is obviously their better overall operation. Um, is the Rams offense at a point in this kind of uh, surprising everyone to this, you know, sort of part of the season? Is it at a place where you would trust it, even against a, a Dallas defense that I imagine you still respect to some degree, given that, you know, Dallas obviously had a tough outing against San Francisco, but for the most part, their defense has been solid all season. Yeah, I mean, I, I do trust the Rams offense in, in a sense that they, they have all this, this star power, like the, the, the potential is there, but for whatever reason, they just can't sit, put it together for 60 minutes. You know, they, they have a really strong first half against the 49ers. They're, they're, they're tied at halftime and, um, and then they 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 score I think seven points in the second in the, in the or maybe six points in the second half. It it, it wasn't a second half outing. And then against the Eagles, same thing. They they um they they go lights out in the in, mm -hmm. in the in the in the first half, and then they get completely shut out in the second half. They got shut out in the second in the um in the fourth quarter last week it, last week, and it's just it, it's it's a lot very inconsistent, I guess. Um, and so I think there's definitely some opportunity here for. For, I, I can see the Rams maybe starting strong, but kind of as maybe some halftime adjustments or whatever. Dan Quinn and that Dallas defense uh, starting to slow, slow, slow them down a little bit. So I, I agree with you completely, and I'm, I'm really interested to watch because the Rams, you know, by whatever advanced metric you look at or even just kind of conventional metrics, um, stack up among the best offenses in the NFL. And certainly Dallas on defense is going to be, you know, in for a bit of a challenge. But the other side of, of the game is – 
is a little bit of a story of, of two kind of wandering sides of the ball. The, the Rams defense not exactly been up to snuff so far this season. The Dallas offense is really struggling. Um, obviously, Mike McCarthy's been under a lot of you know fire for that. Dak Prescott is never immune to criticism. That's just kind of life. Um, what 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 is the Rams defense like? I mean, because the Cowboys are really struggling to kind of eke out points right now, and I think everybody's looking for a get right opportunity. But I don't know that this presents that. Yeah, I don't know if the Rams defense is, is that opportunity is that opportunity either. Um, they definitely they're they're a very young group. Um, you, they'll have their mental lapses just like they did in the fourth quarter. Uh, yet on on Sunday against the Steelers, they had the best defense in the NFL per EPA in the first three quarters of that game, and then the fourth quarter they by far had the absolute worst defense in the in the NFL in, in the fourth quarter um, per EPA. Uh, so. They're 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 very up and down. You kind of have to catch them in a mental lapse or in a, in a, in a lapse of focus. But um, yeah, I mean, by, 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 like I mentioned earlier, Byron, Byron Young is playing really well off the edge. Um, I'm not sure where he's at right now, but at least up until last week, he had lead, he had led all rookies in pressures um, going going into last week. Uh, Aaron Donald is obviously Aaron Donald. Um, so Kobe Turner is playing really well on that, on, the, on that defensive line as well. Jonah Williams is has been pretty good in the run game. The Steelers kind of did a pretty good job managing him though. So. There are some players there, but they—it's one of those you do have to you do have to catch him in a mental lapse and kind of and kind of hit 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 them in, in those in the with the explosives during those times to to take advantage. So we're recording this on Tuesday, and this drops on Thursday. I was telling you that before we started. Um, in about I don't know, like two or three hours before we started recording, the Rams released Brett Maher um, in real time, and so you know I don't know that that's surprising to anybody. Obviously, Cowboys fans know Brett Maher. Uh, he was wonderful for them all of last regular season and had the the meltdown in the playoffs that everybody saw from afar. It felt like Brett was all right um, this season. Did did you feel like that was a bit of an overreaction to move on, or was it you know kind of well understood among the fan base? Like yeah, it was time to kind of move on. Brett just wasn't it. Yeah, so I, I think the fan base definitely wanted wanted him gone. But as, as far as my personal opinion, I, I kind of think it was a little, little bit of an overreaction. Um, so like he, he wasn't good from outside fifty. He was one one for five from one of one for his last five from outside fifty yards. Um, had a few big, big misses against the Colts that kind of let them kind of back in that game. And then really his, his miss against the Steelers on Sunday um, had a chance to go by two scores, and then they didn't. And the Steelers marched down the field and tied the game on the very next possession. So definitely tough, but. At the, but at the, at the same time, he was 14 for 16 inside inside of 50 yards. Um, the Rams had an opportunity have had a few opportunities to potentially um, where you where you would consider them go situations, I guess, go for situations on fourth down, where maybe you're not having to settle for so many 50 yard field goals. So I, I, th- I think it's one of those things for two things to be true at the same time. Where yes, Brett, Brett Maher needed to be a lot better, but at the same time, like if you're a good offense, you shouldn't be settling for 50 plus yard field goals all the time either. Yeah, that's so strange, given that that was kind of his specialty, uh, was the the dude from downtown, at least, again, during his um, his two seasons in Dallas that were separated by, uh, by a stint in New Orleans. So uh, best of Brett Maher. Um, I, I really felt for him last season, obviously, with the way things ended in the playoffs and whatnot. Um, so we know the superstars on the Rams, and that's kind of the story of who the team is and how somebody like Puka Nakua shows up and develops. But um, if the Cowboys are to lose this game, who's the player – the non-superstar, I know this is a weird question, but that on Monday morning we're sitting here saying, you know what, we should have seen that. I mean, this this dude was kind of hiding in plain sight. He wasn't, you know, Cooper Cup, but, I mean, he was an obvious enough player that we should have understood that he was going to present a big problem, and he ultimately did. Who is that guy? Um, I think you have to – the first thing you have to look at is Akella Willerspoon, um, kind of an underrated signing for the Rams uh, at cornerback in the offseason. It was really one of the only free agent signings that, that they made, and um, he's been absolutely stellar this season. Um 
absolutely shut, shutting down teams, teams number one wide receivers. Um, yeah, I think he's, he's in the top 10 in pass rating allowed. He's been really good this season. Uh, he's, he, he, I'm sure he'll be on CD Lamb quite, quite a bit. Um, I, and then I, I probably look at Ernest Jones too. He's, he's kind of been a little, little up and down this year, but at, at linebacker, he's been, he's, he's also been, been, been really stellar. Mm. Um, that's a good name, certainly. And, and anybody who's shadowing CD Lamb is, is obviously of high importance for the Cowboys. Um, the Matthew Stafford of it all. I think a lot of people thought, you know, mid last season that Stafford was, was way past washed. And I think everybody was kind of really ready to move on from that chapter of what the Rams are been one of the best players on the team. I mean, he's the quarterback, so that's obviously an important, you know, kind of factor, but, but it's been kind of nice to see him find the fountain of youth a little bit. Yeah, he's been he's been absolutely stellar this season. Like you said, people were saying he was washed up coming into this year, and it seems like every single week he's making these absolutely elite throws that you only see guys like Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, and the Justin Herbert of the world make week in, week out. And um, I, I would like to see a little bit more more consistency, I think, from Stafford, and or maybe Rams giving him some more easier some easier throws. Um, but yeah, it's the the arm talent is is is, is clearly still still there when it comes to Stafford. So I'm curious, um, and something I always kind of like to find out because, you know, we all kind of tend to live in the bubble of our own team and, and are so hyper-focused on them. Um, what are your overall expectations or ideas or assessments of the Cowboys? I mean, do you do you view this as a big week for the Rams? Do you view this as a difficult game? Do you view this as a game they're unlikely to win? Do you view this as, as an easy opportunity for them? Because, you know, the Cowboys obviously have a lot of different levels of attention on them, and so it's understandable for you to feel any one of those ways. Yeah, I, I think there's an opportunity here. That the, the Cowboys, it seems like uh, we, we saw them when they lost to the Cardinals. They they have the, the, these right. like games where they can potentially just not show up. Um, so I think there's an opportunity here for the Rams to maybe come out with a surprise win. I, although I, I wouldn't say that's likely. The Cowboys are clearly, clearly the more talented team. Um, I think that pass rush with Michael Parsons is going to cause cause issues, especially if you can force the Rams into a drop back passing game, which is not where they where, where they need to be running their offense, just because. Uh, their, uh, their 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 left tackle Eric Jackson is not going to be able to hold up in, the, in those in those sort of situations. Just so so yeah, I think there's an opportunity here. I, I like I said, I don't think it's likely, but um, I think it uh, could could be a good game for sure. Mm. And what I imagine Micah Parsons is the Cowboys thing that frightens you the most. But so the non Micah thing, what would it be? Is it Dak? Is it Mike McCarthy? Is it Dan Quinn? I mean, like what what is you know what's causing you the to lose the most sleep this week that isn't Micah Parsons? Um, probably Tony Pollard and then and that, and that running wow. back that they, that they have. Yeah, I, I think um, if if the Cowboys, the, the Rams have some some inexperienced edge rushers. Like Byron Young, he has been good, but he's still a, 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 a rookie that needs to be a little better at times containing the edge. Michael Hoyt, he's not a, he's he's not a, your traditional edge rusher. He he, he was a he's he's much better as, as more of a, a three or five technique than he is out out as an out as an edge rusher. They they transitioned him out to edge la, edge last year simply because they had nobody else to play that position. So that they, they moved him there and it just kind of stuck. So um and, and he, he can get caught out caught out of position sometimes. So I think if you can um kind of get get the Rams moving, moving side to side and uh, Tony Pollard he's, he's he has he has the speed to be able to do it. Uh, I, th I think he can have a big game on the ground and then um if the Cowboys can get can get CD Lamb matched up with Darian Darian Kendrick, I, I I think that's a that's a mismatch, huge mismatch as well. 
Mm, I think a lot of Cowboys fans very interested to hear that, given that Pollard's been a bit disappointing so far this season. He's put the ball on the ground a couple of times, and that's really upset some people. Um, very cool. Well, um, you reserve the right to change this, um, obviously, because we're recording Tuesday, and injury reports and things like that will happen um, as the week goes along. Right now, the Cowboys are six-point favorites. If you had to pick it, uh, it sounds like you're leaning Dallas, but I certainly don't want to speak for you. Yeah, I, I, I'd be leaning the Cowboys right now. I'd, I'd probably go somewhere around probably – um, 24, 20, 27, 20, some, something, something, something like that. I think it's gonna be close, close first half or so, and then the the, the Cowboys kind of pull away there. Um, in the in the in the second half. Mm, okay. And uh, are the Rams a playoff team? Because I think I'm ready to say yes. Um, I, 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 I think they're right on the edge. I, I, I kind of see them at nine and eight right now, and I don't know if nine and eight is gonna be good enough to get into the playoffs. Um. But I, I can see them sticking, sneaking, sneaking into that seventh seed. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for that Detroit Lions, Los Angeles Rams wild card round matchup. I think that'd be a, be a, a lot of fun and uh, some fun storylines with that one, obviously, if, if, that, if that were to happen. So I'm cr- crossing my fingers for that one, but we'll, we'll see. I hadn't even thought about that as a potential. Obviously, everybody's so in on the Lions, but that would be incredible. Um I don't know what I think I'd root for the Lions. I, I mean, I get a little bit overwhelmed with all the Lions love. Um, it's kind of, you know, whatever. I'm sure that you're fine with it because it, it benefited the Rams, you know, greatly. Um, but I think I'd root for the Lions. So I'm sorry about that. No, it's, 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 it's all good. I mean, with, <laughs> it's like the, um, with, with Rams fans too, like their, their second team is a lot, is a lot. just because they absolutely, they still, the Rams family still absolutely loves Jared Goff. So um, they, 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 they love, they love to see him succeed. So um, it, yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be a fun, 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 fun matchup. Uh, very cool. Blaine Grisak. Again, I was super nervous again. Um, I hope people don't get that nervous when they say my last name, but um, who are your other favorite teams? So we can maybe root for you to have some success in that sense. Cause it's not going to be on Sunday, obviously. Um, so, so you're not gonna like this answer, but um, I, I lived in Philadelphia for around eight for about eight years, oh, so geez, I, 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 I kind of have a there's a sweet spot in my sweet spot in my heart for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and the AFC, I absolutely love what Mike McDaniel is doing with the Dolphins, so uh, they're they're they're, they're such a fun team to watch. Well, I mean, seriously, you were. You know, you were cruising, you know what I mean, for a while. But that was, um, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, I was, I, I, I was even like, I was, think, <laughs> I was thinking like other sports. I had no idea you were going to bring up the Eagles of all teams. So uh, uh, that was incredible. Cool. Yeah, I mean, we can go, we can go uh, like baseball. I got the Padres, um, basketball, Sixers, and then um, hockey. I'll, I, I'd probably have to side aside of the St. Louis Blues. Okay. Um, well, that uh, I'm not a Dallas Stars fan, but that uh, I'm sure that, they, <laughs> that you upset some people uh, right yes. there. So, um, you know, rough ending, but that's okay. Maybe somebody tapped out, you know, before we got to that part of the podcast. Uh, yeah, maybe. maybe. Blaine, uh, thanks so much for joining us. I yep. uh, hope you have an enjoyable rest of the week, but I hope you're a little bit sports set on Sunday afternoon. Thanks for having me, RJ. I appreciate it. Want to give a big time shout out, big time thank you to Blaine Greasehack for taking the time to join us uh, to talk all things Cowboys, all things Rams. If you want to follow Blaine on Twitter, you can do so at B Greasehack. That's B G R I S A K T S T. That T S T for Turf Show Times. Once again, at B G R I S A K T S T. Thanks so much to Blaine. That was a lot of fun, and I think I really enjoy these conversations every week because it's helpful to kind of understand how. Uh, People are feeling about their teams when we spoke to Michael Peterson a few weeks ago ahead of the Chargers game. He was a little bit down on the Chargers, uh, a little bit down on Kellen Moore and wasn't necessarily expecting, you know, fireworks or anything offensively. And we didn't see those. The Cowboys won that game. It was obviously a little bit stressful. I get the same kind of vibe from Blaine that isn't to say 
oh, lock it up, Cowboys winning this game, whatever. Um, but there is some tentativeness, some hesitancy, um, and, and I think that kind of perfectly encapsulates who the Rams are right now. The Rams, I think, are absolutely, as I said, over-delivering relative to expectation, because uh, I know I thought they were going to be really bad, um, and I think Matthew Stafford deserves a lot of credit. I think Puka Nakua obviously deserves a lot of credit. Kyron Williams, who's not playing in this game, but deserves a lot of credit. I think Sean McVay deserves a lot of credit. Um, so the Rams have been, have been fun, uh, but it might not be enough. I, I mean... You know, I, I know we want to say that and we want to believe that. Um, I don't know that we're quite ready to give the Cowboys the benefit of the doubt back. Um, but this is a chance to earn some of it. And I think, you know, I know, um, not to go back to the baseball thing, but I know there's a lot of, you know, DFW fans who really kind of enjoyed the Cowboys bye week because, you know, the Cowboys didn't play, so nothing, you know, really bad happened. Obviously, the Rangers did, you know, clinch a berth in the World Series. And so the sports energy is really high. And if the Cowboys were to win this game, I mean, it would really just kind of send things into, you know, hyperdrive. You know, granted, there are, what, two World Series games before that. And so, you know, things could always take a turn. But you get my point. Like, a Cowboys win really, I think, takes this – I think we're comfortably in the third gear right now. And I don't know how to drive a stick. I've said this many times, so I hope this analogy makes sense. But we're comfortably in the third gear. Like, we're not speeding down the highway – um, but a Cowboys win against the Rams moves us up into fourth, maybe with our hand on the um, the the lever uh, to move to fifth. And maybe if the Cowboys really throttle the Rams, I could see the the hype kind of taking off, especially because next week's game is in Philadelphia. And I, I could see that kind of creating this big, fun ball of energy um, in lead up to what will surely be a very important game. But next week is next week. This week is this week. We are focused on the Los Angeles Rams, whatever you are focused on, I hope. It's wonderful. I hope it's great. I hope it's enjoyable. I hope it's everything that you want and dream it to be. I hope you eat delicious food. I hope you watch great programming. I hope you um, wear comfortable clothes. And um, I hope the sun shines on you. Unless you want it to be cool. Then I hope you get a, a nice breeze, nice cool breeze in your face. I actually think the cool weather is on its way, right? Um, next week. We'll see. Um, either way. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, let's get out of here. For perspective, by the way, uh, I had to record this a little bit earlier than I usually do on Wednesdays. It's about 1.30 central time as I'm wrapping up. Obviously, if anything massive happened after I recorded, um, you'll never hear this or uh, we'll have um, uh, we'll have something available for you all throughout the Blog on the Boys universe. Check out blogontheboys.com, the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel. Obviously, you are here on the Blog on the Boys podcast network. My name is R. Joe Cho. If you like what I do, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, I'm trying to use threads. I don't know how long this is going to last for people, but uh, you can be found on any of those platforms at R.J. Ochoa on TikTok at rj.ochoa. Have the best day ever. The greatest day of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.